This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, 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 hi, guys. Um, um, can, can someone uh, explain in the absolute simplest possible terms? Uh, could, could, can we find out what the R rate is? Because I, I haven't had it explained to me anywhere near enough times on the news yet. So, could someone, can anyone tell me? <laughs> Sorry. What's the R rate? What is the R rate? Hello. I'm that funny one off of Newsnight with the slightly arch presentation, slightly naughty boy, haircut, rather red lips, as if I've just been kissing before I came on air, looking at you first with my head turned slightly this way, now with my head turned slightly this way. And it's all about the R rate. Now that R stands for rate. That's the rate of infection. Now this currently stands at, oh, look at me. Oh, I'm a naughty boy. Oh, look. Oh, finger in mouth. Oh, weirdly sensual. I'm Hugh Pym, and I haven't really had a day off, have I? Uh, The key thing here is the R rate. That stands for reproduction, and it's the way you measure how contagious... There's R for rotten. Nice, nice. Wait, is it the Audi R8? What's the R8? Well, what's the R8? I'd really like to know what the R8 is. Does it stand for R. Kelly? Also, where's the bread? Oh, well, oh, oh, well, oh, Can Jake. Can you tell um, me where the bread is right now? Oh, no. Where's the bread? Jake doesn't know what the R8 is. D- what? I'd but really it's been like on Jake, the R8. Yes, I know, I know what the R8 is. Every 15 minutes, every day for 58 days. I know what the R8 is. Yop. Uh, yop to you. A very yoppy morning. Uh, theories have abounded. I've been meaning to do this for days. Uh, your ideas of what the R rate is and what does that stand for? Hashtag what is the R rate? Uh, if you want to join in, uh, Mushy B said, I believe it to be the number of pirates required to charm a member of the Johnny Depp fan club down from out of a tree. <laughs> they just can't help themselves. The cheekbone worshipping scamps. Yeah, but here's the thing with Johnny Depp. Like his skin looks so infused with nicotine. You know what I mean? Like, I know, yes, the cute cheekbones, but the guy's turning himself into human pemmican. Like, he's just jerky. 
I mean, I, I quite like vegan jerky, but... Uh, Darren says, uh, the R rate is the rate of reproduction. Reproduction of rabbits. Oh. And Lee, that one, not the other one, says, uh, I thought it was the number of kittens needed to make my wife's voice rise in octave. Ah. <laughs> Julie on the live stream, stream has observed people use Johnny Depp's skin as nicotine patches. Yes, if uh, Johnny Depp were to, say, lie on top of you for, say, a minute, that would be a year's worth uh, supply of nicotine. Uh, something to bear in mind. Uh, David Brazel says, The R-rate is, of course, the number of times per minute I shout, Ah! While watching a government briefing. Uh, and what is that R-rate? It's probably qu quite high, I would think. I think it's probably over one and jack uh, observed similarly isn't it how you feel when the r rate is explained again we get it we know what the r rate is uh, i will leave the last word on this though to martin with an i not a y uh, he says r rate is how people in the northwest ask if someone's okay <laughs> r rate. i bet you do that now listening at home you have to say it r rate don't you of course you do In a second, we're going to have the inaugural not today. Thank you. Top Trump's round. Uh, I don't really know how this is going to work. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it was Neil's idea. And then I think Pablo made a template and it, it's all it's, and people have filled them out, which looks very time consuming. I had to I had to sign a document online you know uh yesterday and it's very stressful so I, I appreciate how hard it was to fill out those cards thank you for doing that um that's uh ab above and beyond but first i've come up with a new uh f sort of phrase which is uh micro faffing i mean it's actually it sort of slightly rhymes with that but it's got some t's and w's and t's in there i didn't know if i could say that i think you can but i'm going to say micro faffing for the purpose of this podcast which is sort of just when you start getting involved in some tiny bit of minutiae that's not part of the big picture and you waste a lot of time on it for example when you're trying to sort out a vocoder uh for no reason whatsoever uh on on a podcast that you're doing micro faffing something I've been doing a, a fair amount of uh, just lately. Anyway, uh, let's do some of the top Trump's business then. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take two each day. I'm going to play them against each other. And whichever one wins, I'm going to move on to, to a round two that'll happen at some point, I guess, next week at this, at this stage. Does that make Anyway, so Jem, uh, listener Jem. This is uh, uh, not today, thank you. Listener, Top Trump's Gem from Portishead, the town, not the band. Now, let's just go through the cast. Very sweet picture of little Gem when he was, I would say, about seven. He looks very sweet. He hasn't changed. Right. Strength. Limited. Height. One times the standard Holmes. I'm guessing that's John Holmes estimated. Uh, agility, third place in the under sixes monkey race, 1985. <laughs> uh, talent, finding years of fun, literally years of fun in the word artisanal. And that's how you pronounce it. Artisanal. 
and saying fancy a cup of tea okay so that's the shats index strength height agility talent saying uh what's your shats uh and we're gonna put gem up against wild nat now uh what are we gonna go for we're gonna go for Mm, i'll go for agility i think third place in the under sixes monkey race is is not bad going in 1985 so let's have a look at wild nat's cards agility working nine at home minus five now where do we place that i mean how do you how do you trade those those off um let's average out the agility then david alt's gonna the temples are gonna burst open listening to me staggering through this one so it's like 14 so it's like two about two is uh is your standard agility there nat uh your average I'm imagining David Alt at home going, it's the mean! It's the median! I don't know. Don't care. Uh, but, um, so I'm going to say third place versus two. I mean, maybe, I think Nat, Nat has it. I'm sorry, Jem. Sorry about that. Let's have a look at uh, the rest of uh, Nat's stats. Shat stats. Uh, strength likes tea and coffee, black and sugarless, but won't complain if you put either in. That's a good strength. Height, 190 Jaffa Cakes. Uh, talent, can consume multiple boxes of Ferrero Rocher in one sitting. Wow. That's good going. And uh, saying is, oh, go on then, just one more. Okay, well, Nat goes on then to play tomorrow against Lee, I think. Uh, we'll do that tomorrow and maybe I'll do a jingle. I'm a bit sleepy and tired now. <laughs> just can't, can't do much more um i've got a nice thing to end the show on uh which is uh, very cute and I, I think you'll enjoy it but let's have a quick look at uh, some of your emails shall we uh ollie says hi jake uh, after i offered to do carenza's laundry <laughs> ollie it dawned on me that i could do all kinds of odd jobs for people the odder the better, Ollie. Just let me know what you need doing, and instead of beating yourself up for procrastinating, you can call me all the blue sailors of the day for not doing it instead. Oh, what a great idea! He says it's wonderful having someone to blame for your own shortcomings. I'll gladly step up to be that guy. Ollie, that's brilliant! So you can be the odd job man, not doing all those odd jobs that need you. Ollie! You still haven't painted. The outside windows frames. What is wrong with you? Uh, if anyone wants to berate Ollie for anything that they haven't done, uh, feel free. It's at not today pod or not today at swanburst.com. Uh, Lindsay Hellcat Press.com uh, says, Hi, Jake. And this is, are you in Texas? Am I right in thinking that? Uh, my husband and I were recently talking about the movies we grew up with, 90s movies. All right, you don't have that brag about it. You weren't breaking. Uh, kids' movies in the 90s fit into four main categories. Sports movies, wacky animal movies, orphan movies, and ninja movies. Oh, my God, you're right. All four genres are problematic for a variety of different reasons. Uh, 
I have a special hatred of sports movies because whenever we had family movie night, my younger brother always got to pick the movie and he'd always pick a sports movie. Sport, man. Oh, sports movies always feature a ragtag band of misfits who learn the value of teamwork and win the big game. Oh, how tedious. I, I, I've never seen the only sport movie I've ever seen is Dodgeball, I think. There's always a token female character who starts the film as an athletic, rough-and-tumble tomboy, but during the second act, she develops a crush on the male lead and instantly transforms into a girly girl who pretty much abandons sports by the end of the film. Oh, man. Wacky animal movies always featured a child who befriends an animal and then shenanigans ensue. These movies are problematic because I'm 100% sure that most of the animals were being mistreated behind the scenes. Sometimes the movie wouldn't have a child character like the Homeward Bound movies and would solely focus on the cute animal. I mean, in those days, you know, a uh, staple gun and a few bonios and you were away. Orphan movies were wildly popular in the 90s. Uh, in these films, the main character was a plucky little orphan who, despite having no one to care for him or her, was clean, well-fed, clothed, and lived in a really cool tree fort that somehow had electricity and running water. <laughs> the main character usually had a dog, and both the child and dog would be adopted by loving parents after a series of wacky and light-hearted hijinks. <laughs> I think you mean shenanigans. Lastly, we have ninja movies, wherein a little white kid would learn karate from an elderly Asian man. I put karate in quotes because there's no way those are actual martial arts moves. There was also plenty of overlap, like Airbud, which was about a mistreated orphan dog that is adopted by a child and then learns to play basketball. No, really, that's the plot. <laughs> there was also angels in the outfield wherein a child becomes convinced that if a baseball team the angels win the pennant his deadbeat dad will take him out of foster care oh my god the child prays for a miracle and then a bunch of actual angels show up to help the baseball team win the boy's father straight up abandons him but he's adopted by the team's manager so it's all okay in the end these movies are straight up horrifying and I will not be letting my daughter watch any of them. Wow, Lindsay, those are brilliant. What a fantastic distillation of a decade of children's movie making. And yes, they were all awful, weren't they? Terrible. Uh, we should probably do, uh, I have invoked David Alt and we should probably look at uh, the results uh, for the food fight, uh, what are the most hated foods? Uh, so uh, he's got the rundown for the rest of the week now. Uh, so the things that these are the things that came through from the earlier heats, and do do heat them through uh, earlier in the week. Thursday quarterfinal one, we have oysters, haggis, and quiche. Oh my! <laughs> and quarterfinal two, celery, snails, and licorice. Ready, steady, cook! Wow. Oysters, haggis and quiche. Celery, snails and licorice. It's quite hard to choose there, actually. I think, we, it's quite, I think we're, we're distilling quite well. On Friday, we'll have quarterfinal three. Mushrooms, shellfish and liver slash kidney. And in quarterfinal four, with the highest scoring losers, olives, Turkish delight and tomatoes. Oh, hang on. Hang, ho, 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 ho! Those are all fine. 
Uh, semi-final and final to be held over the weekend so you can have a winner for Monday morning's podcast. Oh, thank you so much, David. Uh, it's David from Yorkshire, the county, not the pudding. Uh, brilliant. I've got terrible hay fever this morning. Uh, David Brazel says, uh, your talk of biographies sent a shiver through me. Oh, yes, Pat was saying we should do little autobiographies about ourselves. Uh, he says, I often have to write biographies for poetry things, competitions and so on, and they always feel so awkward and cringeworthy. Yes! Have you ever had to write about yourself in the third person for a thing? Jake Yap is a writer, comedian and broadcaster, and he blah, 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 and refers to himself in the third person, and it feels completely natural. So, David says, here's what I plan to submit from now on. David Brassel is a writer, poet and spoken word performer who enjoys talking about himself in the third person. Yes! Believing it adds gravitas to a list of otherwise unimpressive achievements. A natural-born athlete, in 2018, David fully dislocated his own kneecap while walking across his living room. Oh my God, is that true? Despite no one asking him, David has been working on his de debut poetry collection since 1968. His hobbies include puns, cynicism and misunderstanding for comic effect. David lives in Northern Ireland with a sore knee. <laughs> That's great, David. Yes, I, I like a nice third person biog. That's really great. Thank you so much for that. Uh, and thank you very much indeed for uh, everything you've sent in. Gosh, I did not get to all of your tweets and stuff uh, over the last 24 hours. So much and so... So copious were they, uh, but I'm going to leave you with this. It's so lovely. So much talk about how to pronounce Wednesday and raspberry and strawberry. And uh, Pablo, I think, has the last word here, or certainly his son Ben does. Uh, it is, of course, pronounced waspberry, uh, as you will now find out in this very cute exchange uh, between his kids. Uh, enjoy it. It's very adorable. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye. I need to blow my nose. Ben? Yeah? Where's the treasure chest? Oh, the baby was in. Why, why is he doing that? What's wrong with his head? That's because I had raspberry on my head. Oh. This has been a Swanburst Media production. 